Hello, St. Matthew's United Methodist Church, and the rest of you who are joining us online. I'm Pastor Kelly. And I'm Pastor Dave. And we're so glad you could be with us this week. Yay! We are in Exodus. We are in Exodus. I love Exodus. <laughs> it's a fun word, Exodus. It's like eggs with lettuce. Uh, I didn't mess up the intro, so I had to like do something weird. Like It's just how it works. Yeah, and that's what you picked. <laughs> <laughs> You know it. Um, <laughs> hey, look, Jesus is here too. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, love Exodus. Uh, I loved your approach this weekend too. I thought it was super cool. So uh, why don't you explain to everybody kind of what we were doing, what your sermon was about, Okay. what verses you used. Um, so uh, so we're throughout the summer, uh, so the next couple of three months, we're going to be kind of marching through Exodus. And so all of the messages are going to be tied to that. And Exodus is an is an interesting book, and what interests me about this is that this is the book where the people of God learn how to be the people of God, mm-hmm. and so that's that's the basis of this of this series is what lesson. Uh, so each passage that we look at, what lesson did the people learn um, you know, that helped them to uh, to be the people of God, the chosen people at the um, um, at that time. Um, and I think that we can extract from that what some things that we need to know as we claim to be the people of God, as we do the, the work that God uh, leads us to do. What, what do we need to be reminded about um, and, and in those lessons of how to be the people of God? The wilderness was, uh, is often talked about as a school, uh, a place where you learn, a place where you encounter, a place where you make mistakes and, and learn from them. Um, and so the people going through the wilderness throughout the book of Exodus, uh, and we're not quite there yet, but we will get there, um, is, is really fascinating, you know, as people just trying to re- remember their faith, renew their faith, um, those kind of things. So uh, we, begin the, the, we began the book of Exodus last week in chapter 1, and we um, uh, heard about the, uh, the Pharaoh's problem with the Hebrew people. They had grown, grown too strong. They were starting to be uh, fearful that they were going to be overthrown. The Pharaoh, or, uh, solution to that problem was that he ordered a genocide of all the male children uh, to be killed as soon as they were born. Right. Um, read, read chapter one to kind of hear more about that or, or check out last week's uh, podcast. Uh, but there's some women that get involved that really thwart the, the Pharaoh's uh, work um, uh, fascinating, wonderful story. So we move from there into chapter two, and we've kind of skipped over chapter two. Uh, chapter two is the story of, of Moses. You've seen, uh, you've either seen the Ten Commandments or you've seen the Prince of Egypt, kind of depending on what uh, generation you are in. But both movies kind of depict the uh, you know, baby Moses in the in the basket floating down the Nile. Pharaoh's daughter mm-hmm. takes uh, the, picks up the basket. Uh, that story. That's chapter. That's chapter two. Uh, but we really focused, I've focused this week on the chapter three, mm-hmm. which is where M- Moses, uh, so he grows up, uh, he kills an Egyptian, he finds, finds himself uh, in, in the land of the Midianites, mm-hmm. um, connected with them, and he's, he's tending the, the flocks. And he's out in the field, and he sees the burning bush. So this is the story of the burning bush, mm-hmm. um, where... Uh, Moses kind of hears his call. Yeah. Uh, hears his call to ministry. And so this is 
Uh, whenever we're talking about calls, this is one of the prominent stories we like to talk about here. Hearing a call from God, being directed by God to do whatever work God has for us at the time. And so this yeah. is a fascinating story uh, about that. Yeah. I love that you called the wilderness schools, like school of hard knocks, yeah. right? Like you go out there and you got to forage. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, uh, one of the things that I love about scripture and it also drives me nuts about scripture is you go from like baby Moses to like he murdered somebody to like now he's like burning bush and it's like three chapters and i'm like it's escalated very quickly like it, it just went from like zero to a thousand and Ooh, like yeah you can like, you can watch any of those movies and then if you're following along in scripture oh an hour went by in the movie and we've we've not touched on a single verse in scripture right. so right uh, anyway those those things are fun to watch but don't don't you know get mm-hmm. don't hang your all of your theology on on those movies yeah yeah for sure for sure but but and we're talking about um you know, call talking about how God chooses to reveal God's self to to Moses, um, and even like I think another significant thing you kind of touched on Sunday, but I think even just for our conversation is, you know, where Moses is at in life, and and you know what Moses has been through, and where Moses is as a person. Um, so for me, like, there's nothing special about Moses. You know, now sure, like, well. He was saved and, you know, he grew up in Egypt and in a position of power and authority. And so he's kind of understands that. And then he understands the plight of the Jewish people as well, or the Hebrew people. And so there's all this stuff going on. But like, as far as, you know, worldly standard of pedigree or uh, God seems to have this habit of, hey, (laughs) you. (laughs) And we're like, them? Really? Uh, Moses murdered somebody. Like, you know, and scripture is very clear on this and, and makes it, you know, we joke like the movies have like this hour long prologue of like how wonderful he was. And he was a baby and he looked like this and that. And like scripture's like he was born. He killed somebody. He left. Uh, <laughs> and so it's a the fact that we we he's labeled a murderer is a significant part of his story mm-hmm. and kind of where he's at in the moment we're we're talking about here. Um, so it's not like he lived a perfect life. He made all the right choices. He did all the right things, which then grants him special access to God because reasons it's like you fled where you lived because you committed a crime and didn't want to like answer for it. And now you're in the field and God's like, Hey, this bush is on fire. Come talk to me. <laughs> like what? Like, it's, it's cool. It's really, really cool. Um, so I have notes on my phone today. Uh, I'm not being rude. I have, He's I have just notes. proud of that. I'm very <laughs> proud of that, and I want y'all to be proud of me too. Um, so we talked a little bit about Moses, and so one of the things you kind of you, you mentioned a bit, or we we focused on on Sunday, was divine encounters. Mm-hmm. And so I would really like it, Dave, if you uh, before we get into like this specific one more. Uh, I think at times, yeah, I'm going to throw this out. We did not prep this, by the way. I'm just totally surprising you. Uh, there's a thing about divine encounters where I think there's some really positive, good ways to approach those. And I think there's times where in our culture, in our context, we can over-spiritualize some things and make them into things that are maybe a little bit more harmful than good as far as, you know, God revealed God's self, and it's like, that was just a bird flying and it was a sign but it's holding a snake and i'm like yeah that's in the script but sure but like 
Um, I think there's a big difference between when God shows up and really impacts your life in a way as you're being called to something and, and showing you that God's with you and, and calling you to it and reading into things that are not. Mm-hmm. Um, now, maybe I just explained all that, but <laughs> I would I would really like it. So in the context of your sermon of how you're talking about divine encounters, kind of just give us a little bit more context there. Well, in... in uh... I'm just I'm just thinking ahead. This doesn't really work out. Um, <laughs> um, in scripture, divine encounters often have fire included. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. and so uh, this the burning bush. Um, uh, here in a few chapters, we're going to talk about the pillar of fire that that helps to lead the people through the wilderness. Uh, next next week is going to be Pentecost. So the tongue <laughs> the tongue of flame above the uh, yeah uh, above the heads of the disciples as they encounter the Holy Spirit for the mm-hmm. first time. Um, you know, so there's there's numerous examples of fire being part of a divine encounter. And I was just thinking ahead. I've never had a divine encounter that included fire. Um, so I'm not sure how. I've learned I've learned some serious <laughs> lessons in life that involve fire, sure, sure. but I wouldn't say that God instigated but, those. But in, <laughs> in scripture, so that's that's one of the marks that are, is mm-hmm. often there in a divine mm-hmm. encounter is that there's fire uh, involved or can be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your mileage may vary. I guess. <laughs> I need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> your divine encounter mileage may vary. Oh, bro. Um, <laughs> But also, uh, you know, divine encounters, uh, and this this is pretty common. Um, you know, people who are encountering God are witnessing perfection, or per- witnessing the awesomeness of God. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, it's a natural tendency of us to kind of say, "Oh, I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. I'm not worthy to be in the presence of of this greatness." Um, and so you see that uh, um, often as well in divine encounters, and it's yes. played out here with Moses, and it's certainly played out in in real life in in my life. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of experienced that firsthand too, uh, and it's it, it's it's that humility that is uh, uh, kind of amplified at that point, um, you know, before when you when you find yourself before God. Mm-hmm. Um, so Moses certainly kind of feels feels that. Um, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Way to crush that, man. Yeah. I totally tried to surprise him. And and to be frank, we're not going to do this today, but I have to just indulge me. Uh, a lot of these divine encounters are full of really weird things, too. Like, oh, look, it's an eyeball monster that like, wants to talk to me. That's right. That's a prophetic dream that Ezekiel has. Ezekiel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the eyeball monster with wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, do not be afraid. I'm and, terrified. And, and a wheel. And a wheel. <laughs> Why is the wheel there? But, but so there's these things. There's these things of, you know, the burning bush we're ref- referring to, right? Like if you just for a second, without any kind of preconception or bringing your own stuff into it, just put yourself in a moment where like, you're just taking care of some sheep, and goats or whatever it is that that Moses is doing, and there's a bush that's on fire and it's not being consumed. And then there's a voice that's freaky. (laughs) I would be like, you know, like, am I having a stroke? Like doing the things (laughs) of like, Oh, it's, it's time. Like, this is the end. Like I I've, I've, it's been a good run. Um, and so, uh, we're, we're making light of it and joking. Um, 
But the weight of this and the power that's here, and and as we see these accounts in Scripture, we're focusing on Exodus and, and Moses today. But even as these things play out in our own lives, of like we come in, in, into an encounter with with God, um, in a very intimate way, um, there is this this, um, you know, we joke I think sometimes about like it's not fear as in like we're afraid that God's going to smite us, and I think a lot of times it's a it's a fear of like oh my gosh, like God is holy and I am not, and I am lacking, and and or I'm sinful. And like, these are moments where that, I, I joke, I call it like the veneer or the shimmer, where that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Where like God Almighty, God's self is like there, and Moses is encountering a holy God yeah. who's talking to him. And there's no way that you can, that he's able to like, hey, what's up? Like, it's not, it's not the kind of moment, it's a, Oh wow. It's an awe-inspiring kind of, kind yeah, of yeah. And and I love that you you kind of pointed out that point too of like, and then we look to our own failings or shortcomings, which is a natural, I think, thing too, because mm-hmm. it's if God is holy in that, right? Like we're like, oh, there's things about me that are not good. And like, and those are brought to the front, which and we won't talk a ton about Jesus today, but this is one of the reasons I'm so encouraged by this, is this isn't the first time God has revealed God's self to a person, and it won't be the last. Mm-hmm. And so um, for me, this isn't about Moses's shrinking or like fear, or when we try to approach God or we have a moment where God mm-hmm. like does something really powerful and communicates mm-hmm. with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in good company if you shrink. Mm-hmm. That's a common. That's a common response yeah, to the yeah. to the holiness of God, um, and yet God still uses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, God didn't chase Moses away. He told him to come closer. <laughs> come closer and and remove your shoes. Right. Recognize that this is holy ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, that is, you know, so that's a cultural thing. Even to today, it's a it's and it has been through the ages. You take off your shoes when you go and. Uh, as a sign of respect in some cultures, you know, and, and mm-hmm. homes and, and different places. Um, so there is that sign of respect and, and, and recognizing that this is holy ground. But for me, if you're walking on holy ground without shoes on, you're, you are connected. You're, there's nothing in between you and the holy ground. Right. And nothing in between you and the holiness of God at that point. Mm-hmm. You are, you are uh, completely um, in touch and without without kind of obstacle of being with and connected uh, to God at that point. Mm. So that's the that's the cool thing, and that's Dave's take. But um. <laughs> it's a good take, Dave. It's a good take. <laughs> uh, on that though, something mm-hmm. I want to point out. You, you touched on it before. So this Exodus is the story of God being with the people mm-hmm. and people learning how to be with God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And what's really interesting is, um, it's the come closer. It's the it's the shoes of our heart <laughs> are removed. Yeah, that was corny. Is there, I know. Is there a corny meter I, somewhere? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but like you're saying, right? And so there's this moment, right, where um and and we'll touch on this here in a little bit more uh, in a little bit, but but I think there's this misconception too around how we interact with God and holy ground and what God's trying to do with us mm-hmm. in these spaces where I have to go somewhere. I have to do something. I have to be something other than what I currently yeah, am. Yeah. Um, because God's not interested in meeting me where I'm at. And 
What's so fascinating about this is Moses is just out for a stroll. Like this is not, he didn't like take a special kind of bath. He wasn't wearing a special kind of thing. He didn't have a special kind of, like none of that exists right now. Mm -hmm. It's literally just, there's a bush on fire. God's presence is there. And God's like, come here, (laughs) take off shoes. Like we're going to chat. And then, and then not just that, it's not just a conversation. Mm -hmm. God commissions Moses Right. So this is like, this isn't just like, hey, come, I want to like, let's talk. I've given you something important to do that I've called you to do specifically. Mm-hmm. And so um, a dangerous thing I, I, I see in our culture and in my own life experience is we revere Moses. Um, we either revere Moses or we make him this, this, terribly flawed human being like there's no middle here right like it's either he's terrible and awful david's another guy that i camp out on um or like moses is like not like the rest of us and moses was set apart and all this other stuff and i go like i think the truth is more in the middle of moses is just a dude (laughs) who god decide like god is like no moses let's do this i'm not saying there aren't other significances or prep that goes into that but um we have to stop thinking or believing that we are not able to be mm-hmm. a part of something or that God hasn't called us all as individuals to do powerful, impactful, good things because we're not special enough or we're not qualified enough or we haven't had this or that. Mm-hmm. Overwhelmingly so for me throughout the entirety of Scripture, God constantly calls people who consider themselves ordinary to do extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. And Moses is no different here. It's like, uh, you ran away and hiding. And yeah. So an interesting take on that is that God seems to always call people to do God's work. Um, so God, I guess, could have showed up in, in Pharaoh's you know, <laughs> yeah. chamber there and yeah. been a talking tiger or something to... <laughs> To convince to convince Pharaoh to let my people go, but Yo, he got what an the, image. <laughs> you know, like God, Tony the Tiger, and it's God. Oh, bro, God didn't do that. Maybe because of that image, but, but God chose a person to go mm-hmm. and to speak the words God gave him to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that we, we get a sense of how God works. I mean, God doesn't kind of come in and do stuff for us. God empowers us to do that stuff. And then, like you're saying, and this is the other thing that's so important about what you said about Exodus, is God doesn't leave you alone. Mm-hmm. This is the other thing I think that's so important is, you know, I, I, yes, home base, community, family, like the place where you get restored to go right back out. Like, I'm all for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying like, you know, you got to, pra- like, you need to recharge. I, I understand that. But like, this idea that um, God isn't with us every step of the way, or we ha- or God's like abandoned us, and we need to get right and then go back to God. Like God never leaves, mm-hmm. and like Exodus is this beautiful part where God's like, no, 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 I didn't leave. I haven't gone, and I will not go. I'm mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love what you're saying too about how God chooses to use people, not to make God just some systematic, here's the box. (laughs) Um, But then that, that as, you know, as we continue to read other parts of scripture, like then it's not just about Moses being called or these people in Exodus being called. Jesus calls everybody. Mm -hmm. 
in this very powerful way where it's mm -hmm. like, no, 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 everybody's got a part mm -hmm. to play. And so wherever you're at in life, whatever encounter or experience you've had, um, know that first and foremost, I think God's trying to communicate with us always. Uh, and then two, I think um, God is with you. It's a big difference in my life too, where I stopped thinking like I had to get back to God or I had to fix stuff before God was willing to like mm -hmm. hang out with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, because that seems pretty like anti-gospel, yeah. like what Jesus is up to. And even here, like as it plays out in Exodus, God's like, no, 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 I'm right here mm -hmm. in a bush. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then the third part of that is you are important. It's not just pastors. It's not just spiritual people. It's not people who we all view as trained, prepared, good enough by our own kind of standards. Mm -hmm. um, God's constantly calling and using people throughout these accounts that we would all be like, I mean, I could see part of that, but really? Like, I don't know. Um, and so I hope that's encouraging, mm -hmm. right? I hope that's a, that's a, that you matter, that you are important, that God wants to use you in, in community to um, come hang out. But uh, that it, it's not, there's not some, it's not like you are just an afterthought mm -hmm. and that the work is up for everybody else. You have an important, critical part to play. Um, for Moses, I, I'd almost argue, like, I don't think this was the first time that God was probably trying to get his attention. I think it just took Moses to have a bush that was on fire. <laughs> you know, because maybe it was a tree on the way and he wasn't looking. <laughs> just kidding. See, now that's Kelly's take. But, but, but you know, could you imagine, like, God's like, really? Like, God's like, hey, Moses, let's chat. Moses is like, whatever, these sheep are so dumb. Like, whatever. And then that's like, Fado, like, the bush. I'm like, Moses, take off your shoes. Like, uh, anyway, but, but it's, you're not, you're not, un, you're not unwanted. Mm -hmm. You're not less important than someone else to what God wants to accomplish here. Right. Um, and then the last point I want to make here, too, is, is as we bristle at the idea of God coming very close and us being like, oh, is something else I think that's really important for me, at least in all this, is that God is God, I am me. Too often I think I'm supposed to be God, and that's not, that's not the role. That's not, how, that's not the functional, healthy part of that relationship. I need to be very clear on, I need to let God... I need to relinquish that control and go, God, you are God. I am not. How, what part of this do I have? Um, Cause that's freedom there. Mm -hmm. Right. And Moses, I think too, is there's points where he fights with God about this, but this is a moment where I think he's very aware where, Oh, God is God. And I am me. <laughs> well, and he, he puts up, you know, all of those roadblocks that Moses kind of puts up. God, <laughs> God solves them, <laughs> solves all those problems. You know, Moses is like, I can't talk. I don't speak well. Well, take Aaron and I'll put word, words in your mouth. And here's all these signs and, and all of that to, that will, that I will use, God says, to, to, you know, work on the Pharaoh and to, to help set my people go, set my people free. Um, yeah. So, you know, not only has God called Moses, but God equips Moses to do the very work that God has called Moses to do. 
and and also, you know, Moses in his life, he's pretty unique in that he knew the Pharaoh's daughter and knew the Pharaoh's house. Then he knew the Hebrew world as well. So he knew kind of maybe in a very unique way, kind of both sides of that coin mm-hmm. and could presumably operate on in both kind of cultures in both environments. Yeah. And, and I, and I think another thing to point out there too is, is, you know, we, we look at it after, after the fact and go, Oh, you're the perfect person to do this. And that's like kind of how it always plays out when God like calls people to then go do things. You're like, Oh, you were the perfect person to do that. And that's because I don't need to be clever. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not here to go like, oh, my experience does this and that. And like, that means I'm perfect for this and that. And it's like, no, God sends. God equips and sends. And I do think that like Moses has this really interesting story where he's had some successes and he's had a bunch of failures uh, <laughs> and they have served well or difficulties or things he has to overcome that only God can help him through mm-hmm. that kind of build that credibility even of, you know, you know, we're talking about Moses can't speak well, and you know what we mean. Um, goes to court as the most powerful person in the region as a wanted criminal on God's behalf. It's an odd choice, <laughs> and and it works because yep. uh, God makes it work. And so I, I think this is that other part of it is, um, you know, we're— we can always do inventory and think, and I'm not saying don't use reason, don't like go, yeah, that makes sense that God maybe wants to use this, but you and God work that out together. We don't do that on our own. We don't like, you know, don't go home and set a bunch of bushes on fire and stand there and be like, talk today. Like, please don't do that. But that's what I mean. Like that ego isn't a part of that con, isn't a part of that equation. It's it's full submission to what God has to do or God wants us to be a part of. Um, and God makes that make sense, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I I feel at times in my life I try to be very clever, um, and then God's like, nah, Kelly, that's not it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So what is it? <laughs> because, I, because if I'm doing my own thing, because Moses' rebuttals are all self-focused. It's not like submitting to the power of God, which is funny you mentioned that too, because there's, a lot of things that are happening in this moment where I don't know about you, but I'm kind of like, why don't you just shut up, man? Then just, and just listen. Right. Well, God, I can't speak well. And God's like, it's okay. I got it. Well, like I'm going to need help. It's okay. Here you go. Well, but what about this? Well, just like the people of God, Moses is learning. Yeah. You know who God is. And you know, these lessons that we're learning from Moses, Moses didn't have the benefit of. Hundred um, percent. But I think we're meant to to read this story of Moses and to listen to the uh, kind of things that he was dealing with at the time, and know that we deal with That's those fair. things too, and that God still is with us. And and yeah, that's a great point, Dave. And 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 like right, and God wants to work through that stuff with us. That's mm-hmm. a that's a good take, mm-hmm. man. Is that in your insecurity? Not your insecurity. In my insecurity, Dave's full of insecurities. <laughs> Deal with that. Uh, but in my own like struggles, if God comes to me and goes, "Hey, Kelly, I want you to do this," and I'm like, "Yeah, but what about this, this, and this?" God wants to work through that with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. Good take, Dave. All right, let's see what else is in the notes. <laughs> Hold on, it's coming up. Uh, oh, just a little thing of God's name. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's got to be something in your notes about God's Go ahead, name. Dave. Wow us. Uh, yeah, so Dave said something on Sunday that I'd never heard before, and I was like, great. I've been saying it wrong the whole time. Um, so you broke down essentially like translational things we have when it comes to I am. Oh, yes. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to, uh, but the, the name of God is I am. Mm-hmm. in scripture, in English. Um, but there's some vagarities. If you'll look in your Bible uh, on that verse, uh, at the footnotes, uh, if it's a, a a scholarly kind of Bible, uh, something from the RSV, it's going to say um, down in the footnotes, this might be um, translated as I am who I am, or I will be who I will be. So there's some, it's it's not very clear in the translation of what is meant by that. And and perhaps that's on purpose. The vagarity is there because God puts it there. Mm-hmm. Um, because God cannot be even uh, encapsulated even in this name. You know, I am, I exist, is a point in time, I will be who I will be, kind of leads us to think that God will continue to be revealed to us, or the character of God will continue to be revealed to us. And as you look through... Even in, within Exodus, in the places where um, God's name is is used and God's talking about God's character, it seems to be a growing list. It kind of changes and grows mm-hmm. and expands throughout even the Book of Exodus, and certainly even into you know beyond in the Bible. Yeah, but it, it I think that goes to teach us that God is beyond our comprehension. God is bigger than we can we can ever imagine but that God will continue to be revealed to us over time, and the character uh, of God will continue to uh, to be revealed to us in ways that we can kind of latch onto and use and understand at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're okay. saying things like, we're going to learn new things over time, Yeah. and that it's not static, but it's an ever-growing understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in... <laughs> In theological speak, we'll say the revelation of God is not complete. That it would, <laughs> that God continues to be revealed to us. Certainly, you know, when Jesus came, what, a thousand years after the time we're talking about, God was revealed again mm-hmm. uh, in the person of Jesus. And so God's right. revelation, the revelation of God continues to be uh, unfolding. And that is tough. <laughs> Because we're post-enlightenment, Western world, which is everything can be explained and everything can be understood as opposed to things are revealed over time. Mm -hmm. You're not going to ever get all the answers. And for some, (laughs) that makes me very uncomfortable because I want to know all of it and I want to know it now. Uh, And again, it's it's so cool (laughs) that, no, 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 it's a journey. Mm -hmm. And... Things are revealed, and and we understand different uh, perspectives or, or different um, characteristics of God, but we never have full, complete understanding. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's a humbling thing in the sense of if we submit to that, right? Like Moses is doing here. This is what we're understanding, or part of the context here is Moses is aware of this and submits to it, at least in this moment, and later kind of rebuttals, but then over time, like, also submits and then re-rebuttals and then submits and then re-rebuttals, like all of us do. It's a cool story, man. Yeah, it's such a cool story. <laughs> but but in that, right, it, it's 
it's but that's how that's for our joy god loves that like god loves to like it's it's almost like if we if we uncomplicate it from like all the things that we feel like it's supposed to be or or it's how it's supposed to go this way it's like no god's going to reveal god's self over time and we're going to learn new things and we should wait expectantly on those things mm-hmm. as opposed to that i know everything um you know humility is such a big part of what uh, Jesus teaches. Why did you just motion to all of me when you said humility? <laughs> There's a running joke, by the way, that like uh, I'm the best at it, and I'm not. Like not even close. <laughs> it's just it's a self jab. Kelly, what do you get at humility? I'm the best. Uh, no, but that's a constant theme of of Jesus. I mean, there's something mm-hmm. about being having to be humble before we can receive the greatness of God. Yeah, uh, having to realize that God is God and we are not. Um, right. You know, and pride kind of leads us um, the other way. <laughs> pride leads us to the to the to the to saying, "Well, I'm I'm God in this field, whatever that might be." Yeah. Well, and I, and I uh, so let me let me bring it back to Exodus. And so, you know, I have some theories on sin and how I believe sin manifests and what it is and and these types of things. But um, one of the things that's so beautiful about Exodus, and even this part we're discussing now is this theme of trust. God's like, trust me, trust me. Uh, you know, hey, you're at the banks of this river and you're probably going to die. God's like, trust me. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like fix it. <laughs> like, right. But it's, but in that, but in that is this, it's not the abandonment of self of like, cause we're bad, but because we weren't created to figure it out and do it on our own. We were created to be with God, in God, connected to God always. And because sin exists, there's a rift now. And so we're learning, people, we're all learning how to like live into that trust and to like submit in humility that God is God and and that God wants to be with us and, and that part of us needs to be with God, like in this. And that's not a bad thing right? Like we live in a world where it's like, if you can't figure it out and you can't do the things and you, 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 or I, 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 right? And I always joke, it's like God replaces I with we. Um, And so Moses is not fulfilling his purpose. And God comes and goes, hey, let's go do this. We're going to go do this together. And what a beautiful picture as God continues to be with the Jewish people, the Hebrew people at this point. And, 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 walk with them and be with them and not give them new purpose, but give them the purpose that was always there. God just sheds light on it. Mm-hmm. And then they learn how to do that. Um, but trust is this really important part of the relationship. Um, and I think for me, it's one of the core fundamental things that I think is holds the most blessing and the most good stuff, but it's also the hardest thing to yeah, do no because we're constantly looking around I mean, I, I don't know about y'all. I mean, me. And I'm just, either it's comparison or it's my own self-critique or my own assessment of how things are going. And I'm like, man, I don't think this is right. Or I don't think this is the, and God's like, what are you talking? Like this, is, bro, you're doing great. And I'm like, what? Or, or it's like, or it's, no, that is suboptimal. And, <laughs> like, and we need to work on that. But it's never like abandonment and shame and like I'm terrible, it's hey, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Like let's mm-hmm. let's work on it. And I think when we submit to that, um, 
you know, there's an understanding of, oh, God is trustworthy, but you also grow in your faith of that over time um, as well. And I think even Moses, it's funny watching him. I, I, part of me, maybe not during the plagues, but I would have liked to be in the room when he first addresses Pharaoh to see how he was. Like, how nervous was he? How, you know, when he throws the staff down, is he like really thinking it's going to happen? He's like, God, you better do this. Like, right. And then when he dies outside the promised land and he's ready to be with God and like, there's this, it's like this old relationship that you're familiar with that you love. It's I'm married and, um, thinking about being with my wife for a long time, like what that looks like later, right? When we got grandkids and stuff, if our kids decide to do all that, but like how familiar and how warm and how good that relationship is then. Mm -hmm. And Moses's story is super cool because it's like, it doesn't start there, but as that trust grows and as that relationship grows and, you know, I, I, uh, what did it say? What did you say? It was like, I will be who I will be. Mm -hmm. Like, and Moses leans into that understanding. It's like, oh, that's cool. But love it, man. Yep. All right. So we're going to, we're going to, I want to talk about holy ground. This is the other part you talked about that. Oh, so good. Um, everybody took their shoes off. It was gross. Uh, <laughs> I don't think everybody took their shoes off. <laughs> Not everybody did. I did because I'm obedient. Uh, no. Uh, Dave looked at all of us and was like, everybody take your shoes off. I'm just kidding. So he did. Um, so why don't you kind of just give us a little bit of context there of like Holy Ground and what you were talking about. So, um, well, I mean, my point was in, in all of that is recognizing that Holy Ground is not just, um, you know, in the church. Mm. It's not just in those places that where we go to worship, but it's everywhere that, that, mm that ground where the the burning bush was on that, you know, where Moses met God the day before it was just like any other piece of ground the day after it was just like any other piece of ground. Um, but it was in that moment, God was present and God reminded Moses, this is holy ground. Uh, and so my point in the message was saying that God's presence is with us always. And the holy ground where we recognize God is that I hope it's not just sitting in the pew on Sunday mornings, but I hope that we can get to the point where we recognize that God is with us no matter where we are. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and so th the examples I used are like in a hospital room, mm. you know, the, um, uh, or in a doctor's office when that diagnosis is given or, right. uh, uh, you know, name the, name the, where you're at in your life, where things, uh, where a catastrophe happens or where disaster mm -hmm. happens. But then on the other side, you know, where, you know, when you're, when your child is born, mm -hmm. you know, that too is, is holy ground. So it's, uh, God is with us. And when we recognize that God is with us, then, then we are changed. Um, we mm -hmm. learn that we can then count on God and trust God to, to continue to be with us. Right. Um, you know, that presence of God is kind of, I say it's where the magic is. It's where... Um, where the connection happens when we recognize that presence. Mm. Um, I've been uh, I've been often thought, you know, a, a parent who um, kisses a, a child's skin knee, you know that that kiss has no medicinal va medicinal value. <laughs> Placebo. <laughs> <laughs> the value there is is the parent's presence 
and love that's being shown to the to the child in that moment. Right. Letting them know no matter where you, you know, how skinned your knee is, you know, I'm going to be with you. And there's, there's something calming. There's something healing. Mm -hmm. uh, There's something really kind of special about that, that moment. And when you realize that the, the the parent is near Mm -hmm. and I, I liken that to the God's presence with us. Uh, God's presence doesn't keep us from getting skin knees and, and other things from happening. But because God is showing that love and that presence with us, it changes us mm. and it changes the world. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. I, I love, I love that, you know, it's so for, for um, perspective, right? Everything is ordinary if you're God, because <laughs> God is God and we, we're, we're the created. God is the creator, right? And so, so in that, you know, we joke, well, God revealed God's self in a, in a bush, or God chooses to come in the form of an infant, and you're like, that's not special. Like, that's just a baby. Like, there's a lot of those. Uh, but, but in that, right? Um, but for me, I think there's, an in, there's, there's a thing here, too, where, like, God loves what God has made. And that to God, those things are important, and they're special, and they're unique, and they have value, um, you know, we, we, in Christian circles, you know, theological circles or belief systems, like one of the things you might hear Christians say, right, is that, uh, created things have inherent worth and value. And what I think we're kind of getting at is even in this concept with Moses in this bush and Exodus, right, is that, um, well, God values it and God cares for it and it matters to God. Even if I created uh, things and beings don't always validate or value the worth of those things. I think God is is one of the messages of God is God's trying to to instill that in us and, and make us aware. And so, you know, when we talk about holy space or we talk about burning bushes or we talk about you know the closeness of God. Um, you know, I I think um, one of the things that's really important to me is. Uh, there's mechanisms and things in my life that are kind of habitual patterns, if you will, where I go into different places expectantly, uh, and I have different encounters or different places. Um, you know, I love church because on Sundays I can come in and and I can fellowship with other believers and I can catch up with people I care about. And there's something about me where I'm not on guard, like I am out there, where I'm like, I gotta, what's going on, right? Um, but at the same time. Um, that doesn't mean that God doesn't also want to use something that isn't in a space that maybe I'm typically used to, to be holy space or to be holy ground and to, and to be involved with me and to show me something really cool and wonderful that's life-altering or life-changing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important as Christians, right, um, that we understand that not only do we want to be looking for those encounters, but we want to be receptive to them as well. Um, you know, you said that I, I was thinking about, uh, and and something Christians do, by the way, that drives me bonkers. Uh, that's right, I said it, and I should just point it at me. Is sometimes I like try to make it's got to be a big thing. It's got to be like this really superior, supreme encounter. I have to have a burning bush. Or it's got to. It's got to be something yeah. huge, right? And like some of, there's been moments in my life where God and I've had like that shimmer. It's like gone, and I'm like, God's in the room. This is crazy. God's never audibly spoken to me, by the way. But 
Uh, it's happened to me before when like my wife and my kid are sleeping on the couch with the dog and I'm awake and I'm just, oh man. And I'm just looking at them and I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. And that's not, there's nothing crazy about that, right? We're not, we're not like saving the world and doing other stuff. It's just like my family that I love. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, this is, God is here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're going out and you're living your life and you're trying to, you know, God will be who God will be. Uh, remember too that like it doesn't always have to be some scary eyeball monster yeah. <laughs> that shows up. The, the, the mountaintop experience. It could be a smile from a cashier mm-hmm. somewhere. It could be somebody being nice. It, at like another thing that I love is the giggling of children. Like you're hanging out like in church right now. We have the kids in the back and they're always giggling and it's the best. This is why sometimes I don't have notes for podcasts because I'm just <laughs> hearing kids laugh. Yeah, yeah but, playing with the kids. Playing course. with the kids because mm-hmm. I am one. Uh, but but it, right. So so one of the things I hope you get from this episode, right, is that as you as you go from listening to this or watching this, um, or always li- yeah listening. Uh, <laughs> my hope is that there's an encouragement for you that like you're not just looking for the big extravagant thing that God is involved in, like the 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 thing that we don't consider special um, because God wants to share and God wants to show. Um, and also, if you've never had an encounter like this, please don't feel bad or like below yourself or like be like, oh, what am I doing wrong? I'm, I'm not worthy of the Why am I? Yeah. 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 I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's, you know, be patient, but also um, God is trying to be involved all the time. Uh, just be willing to be surprised. And to submit to that. That's my final thought, by the way. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a wonderful, a, a wonderful story, uh, and it's really one that we tell over and over and over again. Um, and I hope it doesn't lose its meaning or lose its specialness because of the repetition there. Um, it, it's it's really about connection with God, hmm. um, and and that connection becoming known. Yeah. Um, uh, and so that that happened to Moses. Moses uh, helped the uh, um, Israelites to to see that and helped uh, help them to walk with God as they went through school together um, there in the wilderness. So we'll continue to talk about that uh, over the over the coming uh, weeks as we continue in the Book of Exodus. Yeah, right on. I'm Pastor Kelly, and I'm Pastor Dave, and we'll see you next week.